you ha- I had to have these money rules and I had to think about it. It's like, okay, I might have a bunch of money coming in. Where am I going to spend it? And how am I going to spend it? It's going to be whether it determines whether I'm going to keep getting money or if it's going to dry up and go away. Mm-hmm. Right. Unfortunately, when you're younger, you don't know these rules. So that's when you make those decisions. Right. So you learn from your mistakes and that's the best way to learn. You, you have to, you know, if you don't, you won't feel it and then you won't take it as serious. So. Welcome to the Millennials and Money Podcast, the podcast dedicated to encourage millennials to continue to make wise decisions with their money. We find some of the best ways to learn is through stories. So each week, your host and wealth advisor, Payne Boyer, invites a millennial guest on the show to share their money story. Thanks for tuning in and enjoy the show. So what's going on, y'all? Welcome to the Millennials and Money Podcast. I got a very special guest that some of you guys might know. So some of our longtime listeners might remember our very first episode. Our first episode that we launched was Giovanni Laura, a personal trainer, gym owner, power lifter, and his episode went nuts. Let me tell you guys, this episode had, I think, up to date, the most downloads per episode. He had about 4,000 downloads within the first week, and then... That episode actually got pulled because I didn't take the right steps and get the right compliance approval. You know, disclosures you guys all hear at the end of the show. I didn't have those on his podcast episode, so we had to take it off the air. But guess what, guys? In a long, I know you guys have waited a long time, but he's back on. So say hello, Gio. Say what's up. What's up, everybody? Yes, sir. That's Giovanni Lara. He's back on, and he's my guest today. So, Gio... Let me refresh everyone's memory how you and I know each other, and then we're going to hop into you. All right. So, Gio, you and I met, man, in a business owners group about maybe three and a half, four years ago, dude. And we were the two youngest dudes in that group. We just started talking. Um, you told me you, you were a personal trainer at the time. You were not a gym owner at that time. Yep. You were a personal trainer, trainer. And I was like, I used to do some professional boxing. Let's get a workout in. And you brought me into the world of powerlifting. And I was like, oh, this is cool. Because I'm not someone who can just lift weights to look good. I like to compete. And I started working with you. I was like, man, you got to show more people this world of powerlifting. So I introduced you to a buddy of mine who was looking for an investor to own part of his gym. You start your gym there. Things took off. You outgrew that place, got to a new location and kept growing. Uh, since we last talked, the pandemic set in, so I know things have changed, but why don't you introduce who you are, what you do for a living, some of what drives you, and then we'll hop into the podcast. All right. Thanks for that intro, man. That's crazy. Think, looking back at all that time, we were just we were just foolish, right? <laughs> <laughs> all right. So my name's Giovanni. I've been around for a little while. The pandemic was crazy. And, you know, it, the one thing that I've really learned throughout this whole thing is adaptability. Adaptability, I can't repeat it enough. It's, it's one of the key things that you have to, um, to have during this time. But the, what drives me the most is my family, man. Uh, I'm about to have a baby. Um, my family's growing, but uh, also in business-wise or in anything, it's just be a student, you know, learn. Always take everything with a new perspective because you'll always come out better at the other, other end of it. That's funny you mentioned that because I, I believe in the first time I had you on, when I asked you, what are you learning from these times? The same thing, same word came up, adaptability. Yeah. So adapting and pivoting and making things work. So I, 
You and I haven't talked much since this whole pandemic started, but I do know I'm confident that you've adapted and pivoted and learned how to position yourself because that's just who you are. Another thing is, hey, man, last time we talked on the podcast, at least, there was no talks of a baby. And just the other day, I saw um, I saw your partner walking, and she's got to be like eight months pregnant at this point. So congratulations on that, man. Thanks, man. Thanks, man. Yeah, like last time, uh, I had no baby in mind. Uh, I was focusing on the gym. The gym was my baby. You know, business was booming. But, you know, when you find that person, it kind of just hits you. You know, yeah. so, um, now we're we're about eight months pregnant. We're due in May uh, 9th. Let me tell you, man, I cannot wait to meet this baby. Hey, I can't wait either, man. And you mentioned like it hits you, the values, the your values shift. What was important to you, the gym being your baby. Guess what, Jim? You guys take a set, take a step back and get in the passenger seat because you're no longer top priority at this point. Right. And that and, and it's important to realize that and know what your values are. So, Gio, before we go any further, because I know you and I can get into talking and then we just go down a rabbit hole. Let's get <laughs> back to let's let's refresh everyone's memory. You know, this is the Millennials of Money podcast about about helping people encourage encouraging them to make wise decisions with money. So let's talk about what money was like for you and your household growing up, because that's where those cornerstones get in place. So what was money like for you and your family when you were a child? Man, looking back, money was tight. So I, I come from a first-generation uh, American family. So my, my family immigrated from Central America when they were uh, about 11 and 17 years old. So um, they, they kind of uh, had to figure it out on their own, right? They had no kind of... Um, guidance in that aspect so when we grew up we 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 made money happen whether it was by um going out and getting work like contracting work uh, at that time we didn't know that that's what entrepreneurship was we were just hustling and you know and then slowly i i grew up watching that i started cutting grass when i was 11 and you know i learned very early on that it's like money's not handed to you you got to work for it and it doesn't grow on trees and so it just kind of built that strong work ethic that yeah. no, matter, no matter how hard things get, you know, you just got to keep going. You got to keep going, keep growing that work ethic. So talk to me about, you know, your parents are first generation Americans. Uh, we They immigrated to America. So you're a first generation American. They were immigrants or are immigrants. And, you know, they came here with that entrepreneur, mind, entrepreneur mindset, not knowing it was entrepreneur mindset, but knowing, hey, this is what I have to do to make money. This is just how it is. And talk to us about how they got into business ownership, how it's been for them, and then why you decided to actually go, go on the same route. Oh, man. So it was. it's very good that you asked that question. That's a really good question because the, when they decided to go into entrepreneurship or quote unquote, because that, that we didn't know that that's what it was at the time, it was during the last recession. Mm -hmm. I remember it very vividly. I was about 17 years old. I had just graduated high school. We were in a new city. And um, my dad, business was booming and my dad works in construction. Mm -hmm. So then we moved because they want him to manage this construction site. And about not even six months later, everything just comes piling down and he gets let go. Okay. Yeah. During that time, we were, we had always been doing side jobs. So um, during that time, he, he got let go and I was like, all right, pops, you ain't going to go work for anybody anymore this it like we've been telling you to go to business on your own for a long time you can do it like 
my mom and I, we, we were like his hype team. So, mm. um, yeah, anyways, that's when we started. So we started a little painting business and I was going to school. I was, I was graduating high school and I was originally wanting to go for construction management. Yeah. And I was like, that's not going to work. Ain't nobody building right now. So I'm going to go into business. I'm going to learn how to manage this business that my, pa- my family's going to create. So we did that. And uh, what has it been now? It's uh, many years later. I think it's like 12 years now. And they're still here. Yeah. They're still booming, you know, and um, I learned so much. But at that point right there, I, I remember thinking vividly, it's like when, you're, when you have a job, you're really at the will of somebody else. Mm-hmm. And that's just not something I'm very comfortable with just because overnight, you know, I saw that I've always been very introspective. So I saw that my family had to get uprooted from a place of comfort to discomfort for growth. And then it was quickly taken away just because of somebody else's circumstances. Yeah. And, and that's what it is. You know, you're the, like you mentioned you're the complete will of somebody else. So you got to grow with what with their decisions and their decisions impact you. Business ownership is not for everybody, but what business ownership does do is it puts the ball in your court. Right. So when the ball's in your court, you're you're in control. It's not easy as everyone thinks it is because it's very it is very tough like you've experienced and I'm sure your parents experienced at some point, but you you don't have to worry about the rug being pulled out from underneath you like it was from your father. And that's kind of what drove you in that path. So let's kind of hop there. Let's talk about how you started personal training, um, what eventually led to, and uh, where it is now. All right. That's a cool story. So it all started around that same time. I didn't know I was doing this because I was doing it for myself. I was, um, when I was around 17 years, I was always the fat kid in school. So when I graduated high school, I made a decision. I'm like, I'm not the fat kid. I'm going to learn how to take care of myself. My family's got, you know, they got diabetes and all that other stuff. You know, they're, they're not very we're educated on, on nutrition and fitness and the importance. So I took it upon myself to learn. And about 10 years later, I was in this position of like not knowing where I wanted to go in life. You know, you always ask yourself that question. I was about to be 30 and I was like, man, people are asking me left and right if I can train them because I had, at that point I had reached us. I was prepping for a bodybuilding competition. And I looked really good. I'm not even going to lie to you. And people would ask me, it's like, hey, can you train me? Hey, can you train me? And I was like, nah, I don't want to train you just because I didn't see it as a, as a business, right? I saw it as a job because that's where you see it. Yeah. And so um, at that point, I was looking for a transition I met my powerlifting coach, kind of showed me a whole different aspect of what personal training, quote unquote, coaching would be. And I fell in love with it. And I had learned so much things at my my the business with my parents and learning and helping them that I was like, I, that's when I decided to just jump in and be like, you know what, I can help people with this. You know, what I know, I know a substantial amount of things to be able to make a difference in somebody else's life. Just like I have learned to do it with mine. So um, that's when I jumped in. You know, it was it was a matter of June 2018 from concept to inception in January 2019, right? Nice. So I knew that this is the direction I wanted to go in. So then I started practicing. I got a mentor. I started learning. 
I started like figuring out how to explain these things to people in a way that for them to understand. And then I just implemented everything I had learned with business and I started my own company in 2019. That's awesome, man. So talk to us about that transition. Cause when I first met you, you were, you were just personal training. You weren't, you didn't have a facility. You were just say independent contractor training clients. So talk to us about, about that transition from just training clients to, Hey, this is my business. I want to build my brand and talk to us about adamant. All right. So in 2019, I started that, that coaching business, right? At the same time, I had my, my coach and mentor at the time. And he, we want, we both had a dream of owning our own gym, a powerlifting gym, a place where people would go in and just actually work on themselves. Let me, let me pause you there. All right. So I know you mentioned you did a, you did a uh, fitness show when they first, when you first started getting asked about training, people were saying, Hey, you look good. But talk to the people, just for the listeners, the difference between a bodybuilding and then powerlifting. Oh, yeah. Okay. So bodybuilding, you're looking for aesthetic. So it doesn't really matter about how you're feeling, uh, what, like, it's just, it's just muscle development and body fat percentage. How low can you get the body fat and how well are the muscles developed to create this look? Right, so it's a it's it's a science all on its own. It's about food. It's about nutrition. It's not about um, fatigue or energy levels or anything like that. So when I started learning powerlifting, that's a completely different beast because you're actually learning body movement. You're you're learning how you know how much energy you have in a day, and where you need to allocate it to be able to accomplish certain feats of strength. Because in order to have strength, you need to have energy in order to have energy you need to eat certain types of foods so it's it's a completely different science but i fell in love with the fact that it's more about how much effort you put into it rather than how much how you look so the psychology behind the sports are very different yeah no for sure and, and like for me I, I i never have been someone who wanted to compete when it comes to a fitness show or um, bodybuilding, that's never been my thing. I don't want to be stiff, but that powerlifting, I like that. I like the idea of being incredibly strong. Yeah. So like, that's what, that's what I like about it. It's a completely different adrenaline rush. Completely yeah. different. Uh, but um, it's pretty cool because you there's no cheating. Either yeah. you do it or you don't do it. You can't just say, yeah, I did it, you know, because it's like, it's like, put your money where your mouth is. Not everybody can be strong. Everybody wants to be strong, but not everybody can be. That, that's one thing I, you know, I haven't really thought of, you know, there's, there's bad calls in sports or in boxing, you know, there's people get robbed all the time in boxing matches. But if you don't get that lift, that weight up, you, there's, you have no excuse. There's no, Hey man, they would, they cheated me. It's no dude. You did not get that weight up. Right, right. It's either did you do it, did you not do it? You know, of course, I can get into the the sport and how there's judges and all these other things, and then how you can feel robbed and stuff. But that's a whole nother conversation. Yeah. So let's kind of hop back into it, man. So, sorry about that segue, audience guest, but let's um let's hop back into it, Jill. So right. what? So talk about um that transition to hey, this is a real business, and what was that like for you? Uh, talk a little bit about the personal training and then admin. I know your business partner had ideas. All right. So um, I, I had to do a proof of concept. So that's when I went and I became a personal trainer 
to actually see if there was an interest in powerlifting enough for there to be a substantial business, right? Um, during that time, so say in the, in the span of four months, I was able to um, 10X my money, mm-hmm. my investment, not only the time, but also the, the, the money. And at that point, I was presented with the opportunity by yourself. Um, you presented me with an opportunity of opening a gym. And I knew, and, and this is when the entrepreneurship or the, you, you have to know what you're trying to build in order to know when to accept opportunities. Does that make sense? I, I like that line. Go ahead and repeat that for me, just for the audience. You have to know what you're trying to create so that when you're presented with opportunities, you know what you're going to, you you know what your answer is. And that's beautiful, man. That That's, that's so true, man. That's because some people go into things because it sounds good, but it's not really what they want or what they're looking for. And then things end up falling apart, but go ahead and continue. Right. Sorry so, about that. And the thing was, is like, I had that, that thought, right. Everybody has these thoughts of like, wow, but I just started my own business. Like I'm already going and I'm going to increase it so soon. But at the same time, I had to stop and think, I'm like, well, if I wasn't ready for this opportunity, if I wasn't working for this opportunity, it wouldn't have presented itself. Mm-hmm. So then well, that, that's when I was like, you know what? Let's do it. I know I can do it. So we went, we had that conversation, you know, and my personal training business became a, co- a, a whole gym. Yeah. And it was wild. We that- had... That gym was popping, man. That gym was popping. It was down the street from my office. Like, we'd go in there, you'd have music playing. Like, it, it the environment, the culture, as, as I want to say, that, that culture that you introduced me to, was, that was a lot of fun. Yeah, man. It was, it's just hype, support. It's just energy. Like, it's, it's very hard to explain, but it feels electric, right? Yeah. And so then we just went on a fast track. So we went, we got the gym, the coaching. I hosted competitions. I went to competitions. I competed at competitions. Uh, we hosted food, canned food drives. We, we did anything and everything that we wanted to do. And it was, it was amazing. Yeah, it was. It was amazing. And it was all because I was able to make that decision of like, you know what? Yes, I'm going to bet on myself and I know I'm going to make it work. Yeah, better than yourself. You said it, man. So we let's talk about the way income changed through that because when you're when you're like the sole contract, the sole sole contractor, training clients, your expenses are very minimal as opposed to when you have liabilities. Now you have rent you got to pay. You have when you go to gym owner, like a lot of people think a lot of people think, hey, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna have more clients to have this place. You also have a lot more expenses. So how did that impact your lifestyle and what, what were some things you had to balance and trade-offs you had to make as you began to ramp up? Okay, so the most important thing that I had to do with before I started my business, I had to really sit down and have a conversation with myself and build some boundaries. What was I willing to spend my money on and what was I not willing to spend my money on? And I made some money rules. That Money rules, I like that. That was really wise. You know what I mean? So it's like, so if the opportunity presents itself, I will spend my money on my business. I will not spend it on the brand new Jordans that just dropped. That's right. You know, because when I was younger, that was, that was where my money went. That, that, that was so wise of you to do that. You know, we got to set these boundaries up. Everybody has to have boundaries. Like now they have in different areas. And like, I talked to my daughter about 
you know, she about she, you know she's thirteen. So I tell her like, what are you gonna allow yourself to do, and what are you not gonna allow yourself to do? You gotta set these, but and you don't break these for anybody. And you did that with money, and that was really wise. Like you know what, I'm not gonna allow myself to spend money on X, Y, Z, but I am gonna allow myself to spend money on A, B, C, and just kind of having that mindset before the money even gets there is really wise. But go ahead and continue. Right. And, and it's, it's the same thing. I know we had have conversations about it and, you know, that's why we get on so many tangents because we have very similar views. Um, but yeah, you ha- I had to have these money rules and I had to think about it. It's like, okay, I'm going to have a bunch of money coming in. Where am I going to spend it and how am I going to spend it? It's going to be whether it determines whether I'm going to keep getting money or if it's going to dry up and go away. Mm-hmm. Right. Unfortunately, when you're younger, you don't know these rules. So that's when you make those decisions, right? So you learn from your mistakes and that's the best way to learn. You have to, you know, if you don't, you won't feel it and then you won't take it as serious. So I made these money rules and you know how I told you I 10X in a very short amount of time. Yeah. Well, when these, when these liabilities increased and I, I, I became a business owner and I became a gym owner and I had all these things, my, my money wasn't 10xing anymore. It was more of like 4xing or 5xing because of all the liabilities. Exactly, exactly. And that, that's what people don't understand is like for me, I run what's called a lifestyle practice, lifestyle firm. This firm provides for my lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And I don't, today, I don't have any dreams of being a huge mega, mega firm name, national brand, national brand. Because just because I'm just because gross revenues increase, bottom line usually stays around the same, mm-hmm. and responsibility increases right along with the with the gross revenue. But for me, I'm about the bottom line and what it does for my lifestyle, and my family. Mm-hmm. So, like I said, like you might have been making around the same money while you were personal training independently as you were when you opened that gym, but you were able to impact more people, and that's kind of what drove you. But well, go. The thing was, it's more of, I like to view as the money as my employees. So it's not that I didn't buy, I didn't 10X my money. It's more of, I put it into a more longer, more sustainable type of an investment. It had a different job, right? So the money in the beginning was fast growth in order to create more of a long-term, more sustainable return. So talking about the structure of admin, how it was how it was structured at that at that point? But at that time, what we were doing is we were renting the gym out to other personal trainers so they can create the same opportunity for themselves. So they would pay me a base rent rent, and then they would bring in their clients and they would build their own coaching businesses from there. You know, I just wanted to give back to that community because it, that's where I started. Yeah. You know, so that's kind of like how I would help them. And then after that, I, I was able to grow um, my business through gym memberships and coaching and, and hosting events. All right, got it. So let's pause there for a commercial break and hop right back into it. All right. Hey, what's going on, guys? It's your host and wealth advisor with Homes Financial, Peyton Boyer. You know, many times what I do for my client is help them secure the peace of mind of knowing they have enough. You know, as millennials, it's easy to feel like we don't have enough. Enough to secure the financial future we're hoping for and also enjoy our lives now. But that's why one thing I do with all of my clients is what I like to call a money purpose plan. And make sure that their current spending is aligned with what's most important to them. 
That way they're able to enjoy their life now while they track towards their financial goals. If you're interested in securing your money purpose plan, please reach out to me. You can contact me at my phone, 916-271-1974, or email me at Peyton, that's P-A-Y-T-O-N at Holmes, H-O-L-M-E-S, Finn, F-I-N, dot com. I look forward to hearing from you. Let's get back to the show. Hey, what's, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to Millennials and Money Podcast. I'm here with my guest. I'm personal trainer, gym owner, um, Giovanni Lara, and and former powerlifter and bodybuilder. So, Gio, you talked to us about your business and the way you had it set up, and the way things were. You you guys are crushing it, man. You're doing great. You started building it. You had those. It sounded like you had the trainers paying rent, keeping the gym open. You were still training clients and providing opportunities for the trainers as well. But your main income was coming from your own client base. Is that right? Yes. So check it out. Then um, the pandemic happened. Tell me what, what that did to the business. How it impacted you? How it impacted your lifestyle? And on top of the pandemic, guess what? Jill, you got somebody pregnant. So let's talk about how this all happened. Or the impact this all had. Okay, so when things are going really well, you feel really good about yourself and it allows you to go and you know, be more confident around, around women. Right. Mm -hmm. So I was happy. Everything was going well, things were going good. So I, I, you know, I, I got into a relationship and, you know, we were, we were just having fun. Right. Then the pandemic hit, the world stopped and then the, everything got real again. Right. You, you, you kind of go into a little high because everything's going good. You know, you, you kind of like, you get into a groove and then the world stops and you're just like, Oh, reality again i remember this place <laughs> <laughs> so at that point you know they closed the gym like i i had to go from a booming business to crickets overnight literally and that's so sad because it's, it's not something well now we know to plan for it but at the time you know you don't plan for hey i'm forced to close my business i didn't fail my business was forced to be closed so that sucks right so the way i viewed it as is more of like okay great now everybody always talks about because i listen to a lot of podcasts and stuff and everybody always talks about you got to plan for the worst day you got to plan for the worst day but the worst day nobody knows how to fathom the worst day right exactly i have now experienced the worst day of my life right yeah they took everything and it was gone in the blink of night. It's like, what would you do? What would you do at that point? So I just kind of sat there and I had to pivot and I was like, okay, well, what are we going to do? How are we going to, how are we going to get past this? So quick on my feet, we rented out all the equipment to the, to the members. It's like that way, you know, we're still helping our community out. You know, we got our people, the equipment that they needed. We started to jump online and we started to, to, to kind of hit the ball rolling with that. You know, it, it, it was definitely not easy. It was very difficult because you don't know, at the time, being in health, you like to think that you're untouchable because you never get sick. You always feel good. You're always upbeat and all these other things. But you don't know how serious to take a situation that nobody's ever been through. Yep. So you can only roll with the punches and cooperate as much as you can. So... That being said, we closed 
And then we rented out some equipment. And then slowly, as we started transitioning back, we started onboarding with the online type of um, hybrid system, hybrid coaching type of style. And um, so we were able to sustain after that, that for a little bit. So t- talk to me about this. Whose idea was that? that? That's smart. Whose idea was that hybrid style? That was mine. Hey, that that is the entrepreneur in you. That's that. Uh, I like to think of entrepreneur. Entrepreneur is kind of like an engineer. You know, here's the problem. Two problems. I closed my personal training business. I don't have money coming in from that. That pipeline got shut off. Problem number two is people still need to get fit. People still need to work out. People still want to get in shape. How can I solve it? Okay, there's nothing out there to solve it. Let me create something. And that's that engineering mindset. But the cool thing is, is like based off all the podcasts that I had been listening to that always tell you what or plan for the worst day, right? So my partner and I, we were already looking into online solutions the whole time that we were working on building the gym and creating that infrastructure. Because at the same time, I always, I always like to keep it in the back of my head. What if it's not there anymore? Yeah. What's going to happen then? You know, and as a business owner, it's like, it's like I told you in the very beginning, when my dad lost his job, it showed me something. There's, there's vulnerabilities. There's, there's points, right? But we get so comfortable in life that we don't address those weak points. So I like to take an offensive approach. And so I was already looking at an online option. When we close down, that just, it's like, put your money where your mouth is. If this is going to work, let's do it. Hey, that, that, that is really smart, man. To because of what you experienced growing up from what you saw happen to your dad and see that rug get pulled underneath them. You're like, okay, let me plan for worst case scenario. Of course, no one knows what the worst case scenario is, but if you plan for something bad, chances are you'll be better prepared when something bad does come than if you don't. It's like having a generator for when the lights go out. Yeah. See, you said it, man. I like that. I like that analogy. A generator for when the light goes out, lights go out. So, so how did you get the word out there about the online program? How did and how did it build from there? Instagram, 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 Instagram. So we we went from Instagram and then we went to to um, all of our members, you know. And luckily, we had a ton of support, and everybody just kind of kept moving along and just trying to push forward as much as we could. And you kept it. So did you, how how the trainers, how do the trainers, did the trainers stay on board? They all go independent at that point. What happened from that point on? So luckily, a lot of the trainers adapted a uh, online model themselves. Because I always like to push that to um, to the coaches that train at the gym. It's more of like, hey, like not only do I want to protect myself and I'm thinking about the bad days, but I want I want you to get to start thinking, you know? It's like, what's going to happen if something does happen? You know, are you protected? So luckily, most of them had already thought of it. Most of them had already put a system in place. So they were able to do a more of a hybrid type of coaching system as well. And they were able to come back as soon as open. And I actually picked up one more coach during that time. Hey, that's awesome, man. I bet you a lot of coaches were looking to play a place where how can I train clients? So it's... You took advantage of it. That's that's that pivoting mindset you got, man. Right, right. So it's it's more of 
I don't want to ramble. Uh, but mm. yeah, it's just, it was just more of just sharing what I was thinking and just kind of creating a conversation for them. And so they can kind of be prepared as well. So, so what are you guys, what is, is it still adamant? What is the brand today? What, what, what are you guys today? 2021. So it's like we said at the beginning of the conversation, right? It's it, entrepreneurship, business ownership. It's all about a mindset. You have to be tough. Um, unfortunately mm. in that time, I, I'm now a sole business owner. Okay. And so, um, now it's just, it's just me. And so now I'm just rebranding mainly online and I'm offering the gym as a supplement to my services. Okay. Got it. So gym access to the services. So, yeah. So basically, uh, I transitioned into an online fitness coach mm -hmm. and then, um, based on what your needs are and where you're at, I can either have a full online service or I can have a hybrid system coaching. So where I can give you um, the guidance, the support and the accountability that you need and also provide a facility for you to train at. Hey, that's awesome, man. That's awesome that you're doing that. And another thing that is that is it's expanding your reach, I'm sure, from just the Sacramento area to you're from Southern California. It's natural for you to go down there and even across the country in what you do. So there's that. That's, how's it, are you growing your business outside of local locally now? Man, let me tell you. So I have a free uh, Facebook group. Yeah. And so it's a free support group that I created for people to just come in because it's the same thing. I just basically migrated my gym into a computer and I, and now it's on. Now it lives online and it's pretty cool because it, it, it can go anywhere. The support is wild. So anyways, I, um, I was able to create that group and in that group I go live and my reach has gone all the way to Central America. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome, man. The other day I did a full coaching call in Spanish in Guatemala. Hey, that is awesome, dude. Hey, that's cool. Yeah, so that's pretty awesome. And like now it's, it's, it's my, my, my business is evolving and it's, it's great, man. I'm looking at, I'm working on making a, a bilingual coaching system. That, I'm excited about that. I'm excited for what you're doing. I'm excited for the people you're going to be able to impact who, who had previously had no access to, I'm sure, a powerlifting coach like you uh, that, and, and someone who really knows people. Like, you, you're just an all-around cool dude, man. I'm excited about that, man. Thanks, So, man. So are you still – I don't know if people are – anyone still competing, but are, do you plan on still competing at all in powerlifting yeah. or bodybuilding? So I'm still competing. Um but I'm taking an off season. So um, right now that I'm having all these different transitions in life and all this other things, I like to take this opportunity to teach my clients and teach my athletes that it's not about I'm competing or I'm not competing. Because once you're a competitor, you're always a competitor. You're either on season or off because that itch is going to come back. You said it. I like that. Right? What matters is what you do during that time. Right. So right now, what I'm mainly focusing on is sustaining my strength just keeping, keeping the numbers that I have and then rebuilding my body composition to where I feel and, and I'm, I'm, I feel healthier and I look better. Yeah. So it's, it's more of like a, a cross between both bodybuilding and powerlifting. I'm creating something like that. And um, so that when I do compete and I'm competing next year in May, hopefully. So when my baby is like a year old, then I can, um, I can compete again. I just competed in November. So that itch is going to be um, at bay for a while. Yeah. Uh, but my baby was at that meet at, at that competition. They call them meets so that my baby was at that meet. And 
my baby will be at the next meet and the next meet my, my girl is going to be in it too and we're going to compete together and then whoever i have on the team then we're gonna we're just gonna go show out i'm excited man i'm excited for what you're doing that's really cool so so man we gotta talk more about youtube we gotta talk about we talked about the gym we talked about we talked about your journey, but let's talk about you, Gio. So you got a baby on the way now. You're a father. You know, you you, you got your code. You're a business owner, a father. What's life like for you right now? What's the day in the life of Gio, Lara, Giovanni? Oh, man, it's a juggling act. So um, it's, it's all just trying to find that balance between entrepreneurship, business ownership, and family life. These are two different things that I've always wanted. Now I have them. Now it's just finding that balance because there's so many times that you get so caught up with work, especially when work is fun, that you forget about all the other responsibilities that you have. So it's more of just um, just preparation and just trying to find out how I can make this work so where I can enjoy my family the most that I can and also um, enjoy my business life as much as I can. Yeah, you know, and it's easy to become that guy in the unicycle doing the juggling act because this thing is something that all business owners, I'd say, struggle with for the most part at one point or another. What I did, if I can give you guys a little tip that's helped me a lot, there's this um, Google, it's called Google Task. Okay, so it's an app, it's free on Google if you have a Gmail account. But what I like to do is as I go through my day, I write what tasks I fulfill in different um lists so i have personal business and then uh family right so depending on the task that i'm doing then that's when i write it down and then so at the end of the day i get to see how well i did like did i focus more on my business today did i focus more on family today did i focus more on my personal stuff today so then that way i can have a better idea of how to build the schedule and that that sounds pretty cool i've actually never seen that but it kind of lets you know where's the imbalance, who's not getting what they need, and it makes you aware of it. One thing I do is I do, I do kind of like time blocking, but I do it with family, with family and work. Like I make sure these things are separated. I make sure I'm not wearing the because as a business owner, it's so easy to wear both hats at the same time, especially when everyone's working remote. You're technically always at the office and you also always hang out with your family. So it's it's so it's so hard to separate the two. But when you don't separate the two, then then you're just doing everything bad. You're not doing you're not doing everything efficiently. So I, I like to I like to separate those times. Like so, when I'm taking my son to the park, hey, the door is closed, the office hats off. I'm hanging out with my with my kid right now. Right. I'm not thinking about work. And then he gets his fill, and so I'm able to go work. And he now I'm in the office. Like he he of course he's here physically. I can see him because I don't want to get cps called me but but you know i'm focusing on in the business and just separating those two and not and being fully present in the area where i'm supposed to be has made a huge has made made a huge difference you know it's so easy to be there but not present yeah and then and it's also like when you are present you feel bad because you're not at the business Exactly. That, that, that's just what it is. Like if I'm at the park and I'm on a phone call, I'm at the park with my son, I'm on a business phone call. I feel bad. Like, Hey, this is his time and I'm not spending it with him or vice versa. If I'm if I know I should be working, but I'm hanging out with my son in the living room when I know I should be answering emails, then I'm still, I still don't feel good. So, 
So I'm not going to be satisfied in either rather than saying, you know, let's separate these times and be satisfied in both. And that's made a huge difference for, for me, especially throughout this pandemic. Right. And, you know, and I, I just recently adopted a dog that I found across the street from my gym that it was a stray. Like I couldn't bring myself to, to give him up. Um, <laughs> just, I, I, just, I guess I got a big heart, but, um, you know, even if you time block, it's going to get out of, out of order. It, and, you know, you're, you're always going to have it because I tried that time blocking stuff, too. And it's like you always get that guilt of like I should be working and then I should be with my family or I should I'm, I'm with my family, but I should be working. So another way that I figured out how to kind of get rid of that guilt is I, I looked up a theory called um, called deep work and shallow work. So basically, it's the deep work is what moves your business forward. And then the shallow work is what keeps your business going. Yeah. So in the morning when everybody's asleep, I tackle that deep work. That way, at least I know that once that, that work is done, my business is growing. And then throughout the day, I'm able to tackle the, 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 the shallow work, which is checking in on my clients, you know, answering those emails, and, you know, things that work your brain less. Yeah. And it uh, just makes the day move so much better. Yeah, I like that. I like that a lot, man. So, so now that, that you're adding another member into that work-life balance, you got your dog out there, now you got the baby who's going to be here any day now. How do you feel? How do you feel about it? I'm excited, man. Um, I can, I'm one of those people that like to be a, a perfectionist and I want to excel at thing. And um, so I've just been kind of preparing, reading. I feel hype. I know it's going to be nothing like what I've read. I know it's going to be completely different and it's going to be a total different adjustment but i'm excited i'm optimistic i'm looking forward to it like i just can't wait man like it's, it's such a blessing to have a baby amen man you said it's a blessing so knowing that there's a knowing that there's a baby on the way man how has it shifted your your thoughts around money financially as far as what's what you mentioned earlier, where my money's gonna be allowed to spend on and where it's not gonna be allowed to spend on. How has it impacted that? Oh man, I found out that I gotta grow my income substantially because now I have to allot a whole other, you know, section of my income to a baby and the future of that baby. Yeah. You know, so it's like money that I would be using initially to invest in my reinvest into my business. Now I have to cut that pie into three. Yeah. It, and if you want to build that sustainability and you want to keep that lifestyle that you want, then the only natural outcome is that your your income has to grow. Exactly. And that that's what some people don't realize is, you know, there comes a point where it's, hey, guess what? Like I like I always say I'm like the financial engineer. You know, you come with, with me to a goal where you like to be, what you want to see accomplished, and you come with me to the you come to me with the resources you have to get there. And there comes a point where it's, hey, guess what? You don't currently have enough resources. So I can build, build you the best plan in the world, but some of these resources are not here to fuel this plan, to fuel this rocket ship, to get you where you want to go. You're not going to get there. So you've got, there comes a point that if you want to accomplish these things and provide that life so that you have painted for yourself, we got to bring in more income. And I'm glad you have a realization of that. And okay, let me, let me pull some more of these levers that's one thing as the business owner that we have that uh, the people in the public and private sector might not is that 
we can pull the lever that, hey, create more income. I always tell my clients, you know, the ones, some of the, some of the clients, like, you need to save more, spend less in retirement, desire, change your desires. But once we have that additional level, like, hey, increase income. So that's nice yeah. to have that lever, right? So what are your plans yeah. on doing that? So um, I actually rebuilt my website. I revamped my whole website and I'm so excited to, to drop it. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be, um, it's called getfitwithgeo.com. I like that. On Monday. Okay. And it's launching along with my YouTube channel. And, um, you know, I'm going to just be dropping a whole bunch of knowledge for people, just fitness tips, mindset tips, nutrition, habits, you know, little hacks. If, if you guys like what you heard here, you know, go on to that YouTube channel and, and like that, it's, it's, it's going to have everything. It's going to be basically, it's going to be the gym all online. And I'm excited about that, man. And I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to include links to all your platforms in the show notes, but for the people who don't read the show notes, here's your 15 second spiel, drop them all Instagram, everything. All right. So, uh, the Instagram is, uh, Giovanni Lara underscore plain and simple Facebook, get fit with geo YouTube, get fit with geo. Um, I'm on LinkedIn as well on, uh, under get fit with geo and pretty soon on Monday, it's going to be on my website. So it's nice and easy for everybody. Get fit That's where you can find me. Hey, everybody needs to get fit with geo. That's this is my personal um, recommendation right here. As a financial advisor, as a wealth as a wealth professional, I can't give too many overlining recommendations, but I can recommend you guys need to get fit with geo. He's a great guy. So geo, this brings us to the last question of the podcast, my man. And you've been here before. We've asked you this question before, but you also didn't have a baby on the way. So I'm sure the answer has changed. I always say, you know, the words financial success mean different things to different people. That means different things to the same people at different times. I don't remember what your last answer was. I can listen to it and let you know. But today, 2021, Father, Father currently, Giovanni Laura, what do the words financial success mean to you, my man? And I mean a lifestyle, not a dollar amount. I want to be able to hang out with my baby and my family whenever I want and still bring value to the public. That is awesome. However, I that's awesome, man. That that's a great answer. I know for sure it wasn't your answer from last time, but that's an excellent answer, man. Um, thanks for being on, man. I'll leave you, leave you, uh, you show you all your, all your contact information in the show notes. So anyone can reach out to you. You've been awesome guests like you were last time. I'm proud of you, man. Keep doing what you're doing. God bless. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me on, man. I appreciate it. Have a blessed one. You too. Congratulations guys. You've officially made it to the disclosure portion of the show. I'm an investment advisor representative of securities offered through Bertha Fisher and company financial services, Inc. BFCFS member FINRA-SIPC. Holmes Financial is independent of BFCFS. Thanks and have a blessed week.